Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pony Express. I'm Post Rider Editor in Chief Michael Vito, and I'm joined, as always, as mostly, however you want to say it, uh, Post Rider CEO Lars Emerson. Oh, what's up, Mike? How's it going? Oh, uh, well, it's it's going pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I I ate a lot of ate a lot of food this weekend. We're recording this on July fifth, so um, yeah. uh, that's what the holidays for, right? Yeah, I was at like four barbecues all weekend. Um, it's it's amazing I can even still walk. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're gonna we're here to talk about. Um, of I would say a very American show actually. There's um, actually a July Fourth focus season, right? I, I believe yes, there is the yeah. the, the, the see, but, it, but it's not the season we're going to be talking about. Um, but there is uh, Stranger Things, um, the the Netflix hit TV series. I would argue probably the best TV show Netflix has ever made. Ooh, I, I wasn't prepared to discuss I, that. Today. I wasn't either, but I was thinking about it, and it's like, why do I still have Netflix when I don't like most of their original programming? And this is one of the reasons. Big Mouth may also be up there for me. It is, yeah. I haven't watched Big Mouth in a while, but but I think that's that's a pretty fair, uh, pretty pretty fair retort. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Stranger Things, of course, this like worldwide sensation show. Um, it's basically just kind of like a very long. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably know what it is. Um, I would probably just describe it as like a a giant like Amblin Entertainment and Stephen King homage. It's about a group of kids who live in hawkins indiana who encounter weird creepy things and try to get to the bottom of them uh, it's it's very spielbergy too I yes think. yeah well amblin is spielberg's production company uh, oh thank yeah. you <laughs> didn't think you'd learn something today here or did you i i, I didn't um, so yeah we're, and this, so this fourth season i i believe it's one of if not the most expensive seasons of television ever made hmm. um it it was a very expensive production. It was fairly lengthy production, I believe. It comes, I believe. Uh, let me make sure I get my facts correct here. It comes, yeah, actually, nearly three years after the third season came out. I even realized it had been that long. Wow. Um, so these kids are a little bit older, <laughs> as is uh, very noticeable in some cases. Yes. Um, and it's it, it follows this interesting model where. You know, Netflix sort of were like the first name in streaming, and what did they do? It was all about the binge. It was all about releasing everything on one day. People staying up late to watch House of Cards. Um, <laughs> Guilty. Yes, but I feel like since then you, you've had other streamers enter the game, like Amazon Prime, like Hulu, like HBO Go, who have adopted a week to week or semi week to week release strategy, and I feel like it's been very successful. I feel like people have really liked it um anecdotally i think it's kind of generated a lot more twitter conversation and social media conversation and stranger things i, I feel like this season they, they've they kind of had it they tried to have it both ways a little bit right they released um I it was seven episodes right off the bat in 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 late may and then yeah. july 4th weekend they released the last two episodes of the season um last two episodes which are combined four hours long the first uh the f- the first the eighth episode total papa is an hour and a half and the second one is basically two and a half hours yeah so a lot of content going on here um yeah so i figure you know it's an interesting topic of conversation because it's a show i think a lot of people watch 
Um, it's a show you and I first watched together when we were, when we were roommates. I know. It, it's, it's a show about nostalgia. It's also one that makes me very nostalgic for being roommates with Michael here. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was literally like the first couple months we were living together it came out. Um, yeah. But what, what were your ex... How did you feel about Stranger Things kind of coming into this, right? I feel like... Coming into this season? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I remember... God, I think it's when we we finished season three together, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, season three has this, like, perfect ending that kind of ties everything together, but it still has that, like, typical 80s, like, teaser of the American in the jail cell, jail cell in Russia, and that's uh, Jim Hopper, uh, David Harbour's character. Uh, but, you know, th- that's after this whole sentimental note that he writes Eleven about, you know, how she's going to grow up and closure after all this tragedy and they've they've ostensibly ended the whole like problem of the underground and close of, of the upside down sorry and closed the worlds for good and gotten the russians out of hawkins because that was a plot point too um and it, you know it's just all this love lost heartbreak and just a very effective conclusion and then you know a year later two years later they're like and season four will be coming it's like how do you not expect that that's going to ruin Stranger Things? It's just, they're really just pushing this plot and pushing these child actors to the point where the plot starts to fall apart and the child actors are no longer children. <laughs> and it's like, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. So I was, uh, I would say I was not expecting to be thrilled when I started season four. Yeah, I I don't know that I was not expecting to be thrilled. Like one thing that has kind of stood out about this show is that as I think the general quality of Netflix's output has declined and it, it should be this way because of how much money they, they dump into it. But like, this is it's just like a very watchable show, right? Mm. You're never going to come away being like, man, this like, well, at least thus far, you're not really going to come away being like, man, this like just did not really like cut the mustard kind of thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> very old timey phrase. What, I what a phrase. That I, I, get, I ate a lot of hot dogs this weekend. There was some mustard involved. Maybe <laughs> this, I have it on the mind. This does not cut the chut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, it's like I, I was willing to give it that credit and to watch it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I but, yeah, I, I was with you. You know, I, it ends in a very kind of perfect way um, with Hopper writing this letter to his adopted daughter, Eleven. And it seems like things are tidied up. But I would say, well, let, let me ask you then, what what was your sort of like first coming out of this season? What is your kind of like off the bat, very top line, high level reaction to it all? Uh, so the first, I'll start with the first seven episodes. Um, I just remember starting to like talk to you about it because you had not, I was a little late. Like I think I watched it like a week or two after it came out. And I just remember asking you like, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? And I was like, it's like weirdly holding up. Like, I don't know. I was just very surprised that it didn't fall flat for me. Like I was like hooked and I actually, I actually really enjoyed the first um, leg, the first, those first seven episodes. And I was like, I had this, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. It should, it sh- the show should be getting worse after four seasons, but it's, it's not, it's everything's still kind of firing on all uh, syllables, which is not to say the show has not historically had problems, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, those problems weren't 
they were not <laughs> they have never caught up to the to the good parts of this show I'll, I'll put it that way yeah i i would agree um it was yeah it, it's just like it's a very watchable like i said it's a very watchable show I do think the episode, you know, a lot of the early episodes were like an hour and 15 minutes. I think that was usually too long and we'll get to too long as we go on. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was, you know, still like a very overall, like very compelling, um, you know, well-acted, well-produced, well-directed show. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's a quality. And like, I think a refreshing thing about it too, is that you don't really know where it's going in some ways. You know, it's not, even though it's very nostalgic, it's not based on IP. It, it, you're kind of able to kind of ride the twists and turns in a way that you're maybe not as much in like a typical like Marvel show, which we talk about a lot. Yeah, it, it feels, it's not a great comparison. But it, it feels almost like, like a Harry Potter or like a... Yes. The, the Last Airbender thing is like, it is a truly unique IP for people our age. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... You know, you can come back to Star Wars and the Marvel Universe as much as you want, but those aren't new. Those weren't novel. Yeah, as far as I know, it's it's definitely an homage. It's definitely an homage to the '80s and to a yeah. lot of that kind of filmmaking, but it is very original. Yeah, what what you said about Harry Potter, I was thinking the exact same thing as I watched the last episode last night. I was like, what is, what is like one of the things this show is giving me that others are not? Like, why do I keep coming back to it? And it is, I think the it is the sort of like teenage tweenage dynamic of interaction and that's what i think is one thing that has helped this show thrive is that it has like a a fairly charismatic cast um there are maybe one or two glaring exceptions yes um and we can talk about that but i yeah i would say by and large may or may not share a name with the podcast contributor here yes (laughs) yes And, and and it touch i feel like it touches on you know themes of you know uh, adolescence and young adulthood in a not particularly heavy handed, but still like, you know, tangible and, and I think relatable way as well. In addition to all the spooky, scary monster stuff. Yeah. I mean, you say not heavy handed, but children are like dying in this show. So right. Know. Yeah. But, but I, but I, but by not heavy handed, I mean like it never feels like a very special episode. Right. Right. There, there's it, there, not. Yeah. It yeah. feels kind of, I don't know if realistic is the word, but like there's something that feels kind of like you get the sense that these people have like spoken to a child recently. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I, I, I like that. That's a good way to put yeah. it. All right. So let's let, let let's let's kind of drill down a little bit and talk about uh, what what actually kind of the specifics of what was happening in the show. So for for most of its uh, mo- most of the season's uh, runtime the group is kind of split up and divided a little bit. So you have um, in one corner, you have uh, Hawkins, Indiana, um, a murder occurs at the home of a character who's newly introduced, Eddie Munson, um, who's become, I feel like kind of a fan favorite who is played by somebody whose name I should know already. (laughs) He's played by Joseph. Joseph Quinn. Quinn. Yes. He's played by Joseph Quinn, Uh, a cheerleader who is the, girlfriend of the captain of the basketball team comes to his house to uh buy weed basically and then all of a sudden she's been hallucinating sort of like having these visions of her mother telling her she's fat of her being bulimic things like that all of a sudden she's raised up into the air her limbs are snapped her eyes are gouged out and she dies 
Um, and this sets off, of course, a town-wide uh, paranoia and uh, leads a couple people to try to figure out what happened. So obviously, so Eddie is the founder of the Hellfire Club, which is a sort of like D&D group, which includes um, Mike, played by Finn Wolfhard, um, as well as Dustin, played by Gatton Matarazzo, and Lucas, played by Caleb McLaughlin, and uh, to a certain extent, Erica, played by Priya Ferguson. Um, and everybody assumes that Eddie did like a ritualistic satanic murder, um a a very 80s thing it is a very 80s thing um so he's in hiding so dustin is basically dustin and to a certain extent nancy who is sort of become this like junior reporter um played by natalie dyer um as well as steve played by joe keery and robin played by maya hawk they're they're basically trying to clear his name and find out what actually happened to chrissy lucas kind of is as well um but what happens is that lucas joins the basketball team there's kind of a divide that grows between he uh, he and mike and dustin um <laughs> so the there, there's some drama straight out of high school musical one <laughs> yes yes <laughs> including um, the last second basketball shot by the way yes yeah <laughs> yeah um but of course the basketball team is kind of they're on the hunt for eddie um because they think they killed the captain's girlfriend so Lucas is like a little bit of a double agent, I guess. What what did we think of that storyline? I actually think this is by far my favorite storyline. I don't really watch Stranger Things to learn about the characters, you know, outside of Hawkins, Indiana. I think that's very much like the point of the show and all of the scary stuff happens in Hawkins, right? And we, we'll unpack the other storylines in the show later but like the best part of the show for me is when all these characters are interacting together and like figuring stuff out together and working together and like creating their plans and you know just getting along and this is the storyline that has all that is you know they're figuring out what's the deal with these these murders what's the deal with our relationships with each other uh what's what's going on how is this impacting our town our most oblivious town in the world that (laughs) is unaware that despite the fact that hundreds of people seem to constantly die in the town that oh no now there's a murderer we're all scared (laughs) i don't know you know what i mean yeah no i I agree and (laughs) i agree with you completely i think it was the most entertaining one because you get the interaction of those characters um and like just a lot of dimension to these relationships too right you have sort of lucas trying to live in both worlds and like the jock world and the nerd world um you have dustin i feel like he's kind of constantly searching for like an old he's an old only child he's constantly searching for like an older brother right yeah. and sometimes he finds it in steve sometimes he finds it in eddie you have uh steve and nancy who were one time uh boyfriend girlfriend them trying to kind of reconcile um feelings that may still linger from that relationship and yeah, just and and stuff like that. Uh, I I yeah, just most intriguing and like, uh, I would say just like the most compelling like visuals too, right? Like the the deaths that um, yeah. they they decide that it's a sort of like they refer to him as a dark wizard Vecna, that this uh, creature from the upside down is is these murders they're committing like they're very they're very scary, right? They're like I would argue probably some of the scariest stuff that happens on the show, just the manner in which these people die, the way that he kind of like the signs that he's there kind of show up um it 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 feels very like it feels it's very much like it Um, yes it's it's interesting because i feel like the first three seasons of the show are more about like jump scares 
mm-hmm. um, which you know I hate and I, I find them to be like the scariest thing imaginable. Uh, but this season is much more of like a, I mean, I mean, it's just like a serial killer. It's just like creepy and like it's 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 oozing towards something bad. There's just like a sense of dread in this season that you don't have uh, in some of the prior ones, which I you know I liked, right? Yeah, and there's also kind of like the twin. There's like the twin horrors, right? It's like you have these sort of extra dimensional being, but then you also have the sort of prejudices of the town who are basically trying to lynch Eddie. I um, know, right? Because it's like there's one scene where they go to like the gun store. um, Yeah, yeah. And like everybody in the town is there just like buying guns. It's 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 pretty insane. But yeah, so I just just the most going on there, and just like the most entertaining interactions going on as well so you have that going on then you have like what begins as kind of one storyline but splits off into i would argue three so the show takes place the bulk of it over the course of spring break and um mike goes to uh, california where jane the buyer's family jane jonathan and will all live now with along with um, Eleven, who goes by the name Jane, and they they, they decide that they have to leave Hawkins, so they go there. Um, Mike goes to visit um, Eleven, who you know he is essentially dating, as well as his friend Will. Um, <laughs> but let's be clear who he's there to see. Yes, uh, <laughs> Will Will poor, sure knows. Poor Will, man. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, so so that happens, right? They go there, and then what happens after that is Joyce receives a mysterious package that indicates Hopper, who we assume died in last season after he goes through the Upside Down, is still alive and in a Russian prison. She calls up Murray, played by Brett Gelman of Eyebrain fame. Uh, it's sort of like the town conspiracy theorist, and he's trying to help her figure out what's going on. They decide they're going to go to Alaska and then go to Russia uh, to rescue Hopper. So they depart. Um, unfortunately, very quickly after they do that, uh, government agents descend on the Byers household and uh, take Eleven um, to Nina, this facility in Nevada, where uh, they are. They they know that Vecna's out causing mayhem. They know he's connected somehow, and that Eleven has also basically lost her powers. So they're trying to restore her powers, restore her memories, so she can fight off Vecna. And while she's sort of going through her memories and, like, the whole sensory deprivation thing, Will, Jonathan, Mike, and Jonathan's friend Argyle, played by Eduardo Franco, um, who you may know from American Vandal of Booksmart, um, are trying to find her, basically driving not quite cross-country, but um, all over the place. Cross-west, at least. Um, So what did you think of... Uh, that whole thing. <laughs> Th- those three separate plots, you ask? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I-, I guess I'd put at the bottom, if you want me to rank them. I-, sure. I said the Hawkins one is definitely my favorite. I think my least favorite one is the Eleven one. Mm. Um, I just, I actually find the Eleven backstory stuff and kind of actually Eleven as a character, one of the most boring parts of the show. You know, come get me, people on Twitter, that's fine. I need the attention, so it's okay. <laughs> um, it's just, like, not interesting for me, right? It's like, how many times do we have to go through uh, Papa, and Papa, it turns out, is now still alive, and 
oh, Eleven was bad, but actually she wasn't bad. She was just, she couldn't control her powers, and actually she was being manipulated. It's like, that. that's... And there's government agencies after her. It's like, that's actually not very interesting to me. It's like, I think my least favorite episode ever made of this show is the Eleven episode in um, season two. The one that is, like, infamously bad. Oh, where she goes to, like, Pittsburgh? Right. Yeah, that's everybody's (laughs) least favorite one. Right, and, you know, I, I think... That episode has some of the same problems as the Eleven plot in this series. That's my least favorite. I think my <laughs> second least favorite is probably the Russia plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it takes too long to not end up doing anything. Yeah. If that makes it, sense. It, it feels like by the time... So eventually all these... We'll talk about it later, but eventually all these plots come together, Right. Barely, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so but that's the thing is that like I feel like what they ha- end up having them do in Russia when they all come together, it just feels like busy work, right? Yes, I agree. It, it feels like much lower stakes and like they just they had to do something with these because this cast is just like ever expanding. I feel like they add like three different characters each season. I, um, I think it, it is almost exactly that number, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um but they only kill one so we <laughs> right um so it's a net gain of two i guess yeah. um and it, it just felt like yeah they were not it just felt totally disconnected from everything else that was going on it almost felt like a different show yeah um which i guess makes the pizza surfing van my second favorite plot which is not to say i think it's particularly strong i just think it's the most entertaining because mm-hmm. what they drive up to like utah <laughs> that, yeah. like crazy household of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) children running everywhere um and i don't know like it's just kind of fun um i feel like uh you know you get i think you get most of the least interesting characters in that plot is you get like mike and will who i don't know they haven't done anything for me since at least season one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mike is... I <laughs> He's think, like the bad guy every season now. Well, it's the first season, it's like they, they try to position him as the main character, and you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. The second... I think it's the second season after Monster being like, I don't like this kid. Yeah. Like, he is whiny. <laughs> He's such a brat. Like, I don't like him at all. I yeah. couldn't tell you anything about him in the third season. I, I just, and, and this season, he just... They're, like, literally... The last season of the first half, so episode seven, that storyline is not in it at all, right? Yeah. They're just driving, and you feel like you've lost very little. It's how I feel yes. about it. And what, the other characters in the car are Argyle, who I think is by far the best character in that car, despite being like a weed head. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, Will's older brother. Um, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan Byers, who was like a main character in season one and has also kind of fallen off the radar. The, the Byers family, with the exception of Winona Ryder, has really kind of not gotten much attention in this show. No, no. Um, yeah, and yeah, so if I had to rank them, I would agree, obviously, the Hawkins plot number one. Last place, I actually think I would put the Russia plot just because it felt so disconnected from everything. And I say that as somebody who, like, really loves David. Like, I love the character of Jim Hopper. I think he's probably my favorite character across the first three seasons. But it just, it just felt totally disconnected. And I I, I, I I don't know. Like, I felt like the Yuri character just kind of wore thin after a while. It felt like a joke that was stretched out way longer than it had to be there. 
Yes. Um, and, like, I like, like, Brett Gelman, hilarious. Um, it's, it's so weird that he's, like, become a main character. He in is. Show. L- look up the eye brain, but do it with headphones on. Um, Don't do it at work like yes. Mike made me do. <laughs> with headphones on. With headphones on. Um, this is also the first place I listened to it with headphones on. Um, I feel like that was the, like... The way he has to like deliver his lines, or like I feel like every other line he has is just like, "Uh, you think? Uh, how are we gonna do that?" Right? right. Like, it, there's lots of like sarcasm, and kind of like, um, yeah, just like a lot of like sarcasm, and it just like it felt like the writers had like no, they they couldn't think of anything else interesting him for for him to say, right? I'll I'll put it this way. I, I feel like the Russian plot is the most useless, and I say that having now acknowledged that two of the other plot lines are one, a bunch of kids driving around in the middle of nowhere for no reason, really, and Eleven just recouping and getting her powers back that she had once had. Yeah, it's basically entire, entirely flashback the other one, the other... Right. Right. But, you know, at least both of those ostensibly served a purpose, whereas it's actually very unclear that the Russian plot, other to get, other than to get Hop, Hopper back in the Americas, serves any purpose in this season. Yeah. Like I do you, like you the, could have put it in the next season. It wouldn't have made a difference. I, say, I do like the idea of the Duffer brothers being like, shit, like, he's in Russia. How do we get him back? Or right. Let's write, like, hours and hours of a storyline. Um, that's not that good. Um, I... <laughs> Second to last, I think I would have the Eleven storyline, although I like the payoff of that one quite a bit, and we can talk about that. Mm. Um, and then, by default, it would be, like, the road trip one. Eduardo Franco, like I said, he, sh- he showed up in a couple places now. I think he's he's, he's pretty funny, I think, in most things I see him in. Um, he, he plays he plays it a little broad in this uh, yeah in, in this show, um, and he's almost purely there for comic relief, but... Um, I, I, I liked it well enough. Hey, he, he's actually a pivotal character in the last episode. <laughs> he is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let, let's talk about then how, how these kind of... Well, I, you know, let, let's talk about how, how these come together, these storylines. So um, what ends up happening is is that the Hawkins crew basically divines what Vecna is up to. Um and it turns out that he's after Max, who I haven't actually mentioned yet, um, who is still feeling the guilt of her stepbrother Billy dying in the previous season. And he's using that guilt to prey on her and, and trying to sort of, you know, kill her. And it turns out what he's trying to do is kill four people, which will then open up four doors in Hawkins, and then something bad's going to happen. We don't really know what that is yet. And by people, it's unfortunately just children. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it turns out. So he, he kills not only... Chrissy, he then kills another member of the basketball team, and he kills Fred, who is Nancy's co-journalist. Um, and a nerd. Yes. <laughs> um, and also apparently guilty of vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> vehicular manslaughter, yeah. Um, the, the other two victims really, uh, we really just kind of breeze through those, don't yeah. we? <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so th- and they, they're trying to devise a plan to clear Eddie's name, and also defeat Vecna. Um, in Russia, they're basically just trying to spring Hopper out of jail, but it turns out that there is a Demogorgon and also, like, another portal thing. Well, there isn't. There's a Demogorgon and other sort of creatures from the outside uh, in Russia, which means that they're connected to the hive mind that lives, like, beneath Hawkins or whatever. 
California, they're basically on their way to try and spring out Eleven, who is trying to get her powers back, trying to find out what actually did. So the show begins with a scene in, um, as they call it, the Rainbow Room, where, like, Eleven was raised and trained to do her powers. And it begins with basically all these kids in the Rainbow Room dying, and you think Eleven's the one who killed them all. Um, it turns out what actually happened is that there was this guy, I believe his name was Henry, um, who yeah. w- was one of the people who was working at the Rainbow Room, um, who tries to break Eleven out of the Rainbow Room. Um, but it turns out that Henry is kind of like the OG. He, he's number one, right? Like, he's the OG guy with psychic powers. Um, but he's also a psychopath. So he basically murders everybody in the Rainbow Room. Eleven reacts by, you know, powersing him so hard that he... <laughs> It opens up a portal of the Upside Down. He gets shot in there. He's shocked with lightning. He becomes this monstrosity that is Vecna. Um, and now he's trying... And it turns out that he's basically the mastermind behind all the stuff that's been happening at Hawkins these, these past few years. And it's for him to... Basically, he just... He's, I don't know if I could call him like Thanos, but like he's like man. is like... like he, he's, he, he, he sees himself as an untermensch, right? Like he... I, I got serious actual like Thanos vibes from him a couple times. Yeah. Like, he thinks that he and Eleven and everybody else with these powers are better than mankind, and it's his job to basically cleanse the world of mankind. Um, So that's how it all came together. Um, And then, so the last two episodes are kind of these plots playing out in Toto, um, you know, together, intertwined, kind of. Um, You have the plot with Max basically baiting Vecna so that... um, everybody else can basically get into the upside down and like fight them off. Um, you have, they eventually spring 11 and you have her, they have her go into the upside down or basically go into Max's mind to try and protect her from Vecna. And in Russia, they're just fighting down the Gorgons. How do we feel about the way it all came together or did not? Yeah. I, I think this actually felt very, very flat for me. Like I said, you know, when we were talking about the Hawkins plot, the best part of the show is when they're all together, ostensibly in Hawkins, working together. And, you know, it's like, I, I hesitate to go back to the Avengers metaphor. It's like, you know, the individual movies are great, but you know what would really suck if in Avengers Endgame... It's, it's like, in, Endgame is better than Infinity War because Infinity War has, like, three different plots and they're all working together. Whereas in Endgame, it's like they all come together and that's, like, the big, better moment. And I feel like anytime you have an ensemble cast, you need to have that like group shot uh, and group dynamic. And I think you especially need that in Stranger Things. It just it just really falls flat because you need to see, you know, you want to see Hopper working with the kids. You want to see uh, Winona Ryder going through this grief and trauma that she went through in the first season with will again it's like everyone's kind of forgotten like is will okay i'm not sure he's okay he went through some pretty traumatic stuff uh he's got this terrible haircut now yeah um and and like the 11 stuff like she's not even there physically she's sitting in a tub in the middle of nevada california utah i'm not really sure mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so th- the only time i was actually very interested was when it was back in like what's actually happening in hawkins so I, I would say that kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, I would agree. Obviously, the most interesting stuff is happening in Hawkins. It starts to come together a little bit when, like, Eleven is in Max's head and the Upside Down, and she's, like, fighting Vecna. Um, 
you know, there, there, there's some stuff going on there. But I, yeah, I, I was, I say, very compelled by the Hawkins plot at that point, right? Like, I felt like there was real momentum to a real Harry Potter. Like, when they're all getting choked by the vines, I was like, ah, this is just like the Sorcerer's Stone with the, um, with the Devil's, yeah. Devil's, <laughs> Devil's Snare. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I thought that was good. I loved uh, Eddie's little Master of Puppets riffage. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was all good. But yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, like I said, the Russia. It felt like they just had to give them something to do, and then with uh, I, I the loves of I feel like it paid off like a little bit. Yeah. So that what <laughs> should we talk about how like it ends now? Sure, I just have an aside. Remember when Mike's like talking to Elle when she's in the bath? He's like, when I met you, that was like the best day of my life. And he's like professing his love for Elle. And Will's standing right there with his stupid haircut. <laughs> like, Will was presumed dead for like a month in the first season. And he's got to hear Mike rag on him like this. This is some bullshit. That is true. I just feel uh... like very bad for Will ever since season one. He really... He just gets no attention. He does. His yeah, mom he... literally just leaves without yes. telling with where she's going. Yeah, he he definitely gets <laughs> he gets the short end of all the sticks, basically, right? If you just feel like nobody notices him, um, he can't. You know, his his best friend is is now more interested in this girl than than he he is in him. Um, and there's perhaps an implication that he, in many ways, wishes he was in Eleven's place when it comes to that. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps more than an implication um yeah just 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 rough stuff for for our guy will the, the 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 nutshell version of this is that um the process begins with max um it seems like she's going to die the vecna way um but then it seems like 11 intervenes in time to defeat vecna um but she kind of hasn't um basically Max plummets to the ground. She can't see. She can't feel. They get her off to a hospital. But then there's this basically massive earthquake. These fissures open up beneath Hawkins. Um, the portal that Vecna wants to open has opened. Eddie dies in the Upside Down. He gets chewed to death by these scary bats. Um, the The captain of the football team, he dies when the thing opens up um, after punching. Eh. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's not a great loss. Um, after after punching Lucas a bunch. Um, and they all end up back in Hawkins. Um, and, you know, it, it's basically a disaster zone now, right? Um, they reunite at Hop's cabin. Um, they have these nice moments. But all of a sudden, it starts to snow. But is it snow? And basically, there's this kind of blight then in this dark cloud that is overcoming the town of Hawkins, and that's the end of the season. We're gonna have to do with that next season. How how did you feel about that ending? Um, I, it is the clearest setup for for the next season that you know I think there's been so far, mm-hmm. and every season kind of ends with like a you know like a oh Will still has the feelies or something like that. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is more like an Infinity War Endgame situation. It's like it ends and the heroes have lost. And now it's very clear there needs to be this epic finale. Um, so, you know, I, I guess that's fine. But it's not very... 
I mean, God, it is kind of almost literally imitating the plot of Endgame and Infinity War, right? It's like Vecna needs to collect, you know, a certain number of things, yeah. and they're trying to stop him doing these things, but they're, they can't do it because they're all split up. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess it's fine. I, I'm more excited for season five than I was for season four. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, it also, to, to revisit the Harry Potter comparison, also kind of reminded me of the end of Goblet of Fire, mm. where it's like Voldemort's back, and it's like, oh, things are going to change now, aren't they? And, and they change. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I think it sets it up well. I, I don't say I was let down, but there was like a little bit of like a... I was underwhelmed. Yeah, a little bit of, of, of an underwhelming. But, you know, hey, maybe maybe fifth season will we'll pay it off. Um, so we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot of plot. Um, let's talk some character. Um, so we talk, and we, we we've talked about this a little bit. But like, you look at this cast, and you look at these characters. Like, who has? We, we've been with these young actors for for a couple of years now. Who among them? You know, who who do you still like? Who do you still not like? Who do you not like now? Who do you like better now? Who impressed you the most? What's your kind of impression of? What really stood out to you, acting character-wise? I'm, I'm a standout, once again, I'll say it almost every season, uh, Steve Harrington, it, mm-hmm. you know, fan fave for a reason. His relationship with um, Robin, uh, Maya Hawke's character, that's just great. It's just, my favorite moments are when they're on the screen, right? Um, love them. I really, I actually did uh, enjoy the introduction of Enzo as a character. I thought Enzo, you know, that was kind of interesting. A Russian defector, sort of, who feels bad for Hopper. And he was, I guess, my bright spot from the Russia plot. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I didn't like Eddie at first, but you you grow to love him at the end, and then he dies. Um, So I would say those are are the... uh, Those were some standout standout performances yeah not, nothing special from our ostensible really really real main characters like mike and lucas and will and all of them i don't know like i don't even know who is your main who gets i'd be curious to know who gets the most screen time in this season i would be too and we're gonna ask a similar question about that later but yeah i obviously like um joe curie steve harrington great character I don't love Maya Hawk as much as some other people do. And it has more to do with like writing than acting. Like I just think, I don't think she's quite as funny as the Duffer brothers think she is. Um, is, is my thing. I, I do. I have grown to like, really like Gaden Matarazzo and, and Dustin as a character. Um, I, I enjoyed Eddie. I felt like he was acting like he was in eighties in an eighties movie, which I think really helped. Um, and also like illustrated like the nerd stoner overlap. Um, that I feel like movies and TV shows don't always illustrate well. Um, but yeah, I, we, we talked about sort of Mike and Finn Wolfhard and how he, he's not he's not really giving us anything. I feel like that's just, you know, there's not, there's not a lot going on there. But I will say, I was actually very... Like, I think the best bit of acting that's like ever been done on this show happened in the last episode when um, Sadie Sink as Max... Um, sort of like has to confess basically how she wanted Billy to die and now how she has like suicidal ideation. And then Kelly McLaughlin as Lucas Sinclair is like his reaction to that. Mm. Um, 
which is actually Vecna's reaction to it, where he's like, normal people don't want other people to die. And this kind of horrified reaction. And then her horrified reaction to him rejecting her. And even their moment beforehand where they're like communicating by writing things down on notepads. felt was like very good, like wordless acting. Yeah. Um, really, it really impressed me. And I thought that was like, oh man, like this is actually like very good acting from like two like very young actors. And this is, this is good stuff. Yes, I, I like that Lucas gets a kind of a, a chance to shine and go through some development this season where he has to confront, like, hey, I'm in this bad group and they're not doing good things and maybe I should change. Um, and yes, I, I agree. Sadie Sink, uh, I just think Max has been one of my favorite characters since she was introduced in season two. Um, I think she was probably the best addition to this show, period, after season one, I might even say. Yeah, I... I it was funny when she was first introduced. I was like, I'm not sure she's like a great actress, but like in this season, I was like, oh no, she's actually like very good. Yeah. Um, it maybe from like I feel like almost from like a sheer performance standpoint, is probably doing like the most, um, hmm. which I enjoyed. But okay, so you talked about like who gets the most screen time on the show. So there's a scene, this kind of like key scene, um, in the uh, the 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 California storyline where they're driving somewhere and Mike is feeling all down and despondent. And Will's like, here, I have to show you something. And he picks up this like canvas container that he's been carrying with him the entire season, I guess. Um, he opens it up and it's a, it's a drawing painting. I don't even remember what the medium was of basically the Hawkins gang as these like knights in shining armor fighting a dragon and he's like, L asked me to 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 draw this, and um, Mike is leading the group with with a heart on his shield, and he's like, it's because you're the heart, Mike. You're the heart of all of this, you know. You're you're what keeps it going. You're the heart. And they revisit that idea later when he tries to like keep Eleven from dying by like telling her how much he loves her and stuff. Yeah. Um, who who is the heart of this show? Because <laughs> it's not Mike. <laughs> it's definitely. I will not just Mike. say that outwards. Maybe that was the intention, but in practice, it is not Mike. Because, like I said, he gives us very little to work with. Uh, who is the heart of this show? I I don't know. I feel like for me, it's like when do I most a flutter when someone <laughs> comes on screen? It's Steve Harrington. Hmm. Like I don't know. I I swooned for him whenever he appears. Um, but I, I actually think in this season it may be like, I'm, uh, he doesn't, Steve Harrington doesn't get quite the screen time he does in the last two seasons. Uh, this season, I think your heart may actually be Max. Hmm. Um, she seems to be the, she seems to be kind of the most important character this season. Um, I don't know. Would you disagree? I, I think those are very good points. And it's, I don't know, there's like, it's almost like, who who do I want to be the heart and like, who actually is the heart in a way? It's like, we so we've kind of like touched on 11, yeah. right? And Millie Bobby Brown's like the breakout star of this show. Yeah. Um, she's, I think, I, like you, I think the whole, her backstory is not very interesting to me. Um, she's really only so interesting to me. But I think in a way you would have to kind of call her the heart if only because I feel like it's like primarily her story, right? Um, it's kind of the story of her like breaking out of this weird prison and then like integrating with the rest of society in a way. Um, 
Yes. Which is not to say I think it's the most interesting storyline, but I feel like she is like the roundest character in that regard. Um, <laughs> I'm go- I'll go back to my MCU comparison with her. She's kind of like Iron Man, right? <laughs> she is like the main character for your first 20,000 movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also has the weakest movies in those first. <laughs> uh, she doesn't do so well alone. Yeah, you no, know what I, I mean? I would definitely agree. Um, but yeah, I, I... So I'm tempted to say here, but I feel like you could also make a good case for Max certainly in this season. I think you could say she's the heart of this season for sure. I think you could make a good case for... I mean, if you're not counting the kids, you can make a good case for Hopper as, like, he. it's also in many ways the story of him, like, learning to love again in, in some ways. Yeah, but this season they really do him kind of dirty yeah. on that. yeah. Um, and you have like the very tender reconciliation between him and Eleven at the end, which like again, as as silly as I think it was to bring him back, I like that was a nice moment. Um, but yeah, it, it, and it, like because when I started watching this again, I was like, man, like how many of these kids can I actually be like, oh, this is like their personality trait, right? Because I feel like some of these characters are just really they're like a little thinly drawn. Um, like before hmm. the season, it's like what was like Lucas's character trait? Yeah, no, he he definitely was thin. Right. Um, Mike's character trait is that he he sucks. Like like that's kind of what it's become, <laughs> right? Apologies to Finn Wolfhard, but um, and he, he 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 tamps it down a little bit this season. But it's just like his trait is that he's in love with Eleven. I guess. Um, that's so, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So I feel like there's like a little bit of like a personality issue of some of these characters. Again, like I said, I think Lucas kind of they 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 whatever slights they may have like given him as far as like storyline goes, they definitely like give him more in this this season. Um, I I will put it this way: I think the show is very good at kind of self-correcting and balancing characters uh, between seasons. Whereas, like we talked about it in the first season, it's like. Uh, Mike is like your main character, mm-hmm. more or less, right? Um, and then they, you know, completely pivot to him, where he is like kind of the antagonist in season two. He just sucks so much. <laughs> um, but then, like you know, Steve, who was kind of like not a great character in season one, and he's kind of like you know, you're rooting actually against Steve in season mm-hmm. one, uh, and then he becomes like the hero of season two, uh, and then you know, Hopper becomes. You know, they they just do a good job of, like, then they really build Hopper up, and then he kind of gets played down this season. Uh, and Natalia Dyer, like, disappears. I want to say, like, she's barely in season three, but, like, she's kind of, you know, leading a plot line in this season. Um, they do a good job at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Except with Will. Will, Will never gets. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of like a victim, I feel like, is... Hey, some people think he's behind the whole thing. Maybe. Um, that'd be interesting. All right, so speaking of characters, we, we mentioned how often they introduce new characters. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out, and like you pointed out, that they also end up killing a lot of new characters, right? So this season it was Eddie. Last season, granted, like he was technically introduced the season prior. It's Billy. Um, Love Billy. And then in season two, it was, if you even remember him, it was Sean Astin's character. Um, Mr. Frodo. Yes, whose name was... Uh, I should have known this earlier. Isn't it Bob? Yeah, it's Bob. 
Hi, Bob. Um, he, he gets eaten. Um, how do does that feel cheap to you? This this idea of like introducing characters and then just killing them off so you don't have to kill any yes. of the main cast. Yes, I think they should have killed off Hopper. I think that didn't feel cheap and that felt really good and people responded really well to the end of season three for that reason. Um, I mean, you see, like, I don't know. Leave Eddie alive for a season and then have him die. (laughs) Have Eddie die next season. That's just more interesting. It's not as... It's not as amusing to, like... Sort because you never really feel like you should get very attached to this character unless they stick around at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely trains you to expect them to not be around for a very long time. It's like you could kill Argyle next season. Now I care <laughs> for him. He's been in a season, right? Yeah, yeah. Please kill Mike at episode one. Like, that's fine. You'd have an impact there. <laughs> I, I did like how they do revisit Barb dying because, like, that was a thing in season one, right? Is yeah. that Barb dies and, like, no one really cares. <laughs> um, right. But then that becomes, like, Nancy's big guilty thing that Vecna uses to to prey on her with. Yeah. Um, so that, that that was a good, like, self-conscious callback, I guess. Um, yeah, all right. So let me see what else we got to talk about this show. Um, I guess... So uh, musical cues, right? That was that was a big thing this season. Obviously, it's like you know Max's whole survival is built around her affinity for Kate Bush's running up that hill. There's the whole big master of puppets thing. There's in the I believe it's the last episode of the first block. There's like they kind of merge journeys separate ways with um, the show's score, which I thought was kind of fun. And these, these cues, certainly with Kate Bush, it's like kind of like, you know, it's literally like propelled that song to like, I don't have quite number one, but very high in the Billboard charts. You yeah. know, it was released like 40 years ago. Do, do you have thoughts on the way the show uses music? I liked the Kate Bush part. I did not care for most of the other musical cues. They used the cues a lot when they were driving or showing characters moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So it's a problem because I've been watching another period piece, if you will, at the same time as this show, and that's For All Mankind, which this season has also been using a lot of like very on the nose musical cues, uh, and it's actually kind of bothering me uh, in that show and in this one. Um, This show's better at it because it usually works into the plot, like we said with with Max, it does, or it'd be like, hey, this would be like a song naturally being listened to at this time. But there are moments in this show where it's like just like a little too on the nose. Yeah, I I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Obviously, like the Kate Bush thing, it made sense just because it, it serves a purpose in the plot. As like the Master of Pubs thing, I was like, this is fun, right? I was like, this is, it's silly, but it's fun. And then like the separate ways thing was like, oh, it was fine. I, I don't know. I guess like I, <laughs> I, I have like a very uninteresting opinion, which is that I'm just very sanguine about it all. <laughs> it's okay. like, yeah, all right, you know, it's cool. Um, they're pretty obvious. Like they're not deep cuts by any stretch of the imagination. Um, although Kate Bush's album was not quite as successful in the United States as it was in the UK. But um, yeah, no, I just thought it was, it's just interesting to me how it drives you know how it drives like actual music sales and streaming numbers and stuff and i almost yeah. wonder if there's going to be like a probably not but like if there, if there will be like a similar bump for metallica even though again that was probably a better known song than running up that hill um 
yeah, just like a interesting, interesting little thing. Um, the way people consume music is just very different than it was back in the day. Yes. Um, all right. So I think I think we're about ready to 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 wrap this up. But I'll, I'll I want to leave with this: is um, what how how does this stack up to the previous seasons of of the show? Hmm. I think this is either the second worst or the worst season. Mm. I think your third season of Stranger Things was the best. Mm. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I really, really liked season three. Um, I just, yeah, I think this is in the bottom half. I think I would agree. I, so I, my problem is that I don't really remember enough of the prior seasons to make. I know season two, I really struggle to remember. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, the first season is like the, it's like they first meet Elle and there's the Demogorgon and then like season three is the one at the mall. So yes. there's that one. And season two is like, man, I don't, I forgot, I even forgot about Sean Astin until somebody mentioned it on like Twitter, right? It's um, like Will is possessed it's and the, there's like the Demodogons or whatever they call it. It's the Halloween one. Yeah. Um, there's the, uh, the, um, the, the mind flare. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I would I actually think I would agree with you with season three being my favorite too. Um Fourth of July, I would say an underutilized holiday in television, mostly because back in the day TV wasn't really on on the fourth of July. Um it's it's Stranger Things and Detroiters both use it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um I I will say the the cues in this season from like a horror standpoint, I really I liked probably a little better than most of the other seasons. Like the, the, the ticking clock and the yeah. like noise that they use with that. Uh, it's like very creepy. It's very well done. Yeah. I think it was far and away like, yeah, like from a monster's horror perspective, I think far and away the most interesting. Um, I think part of that is cause like Vecna's like an actual character, right? It's not just like some giant creepy thing with like no thoughts or feelings, right? Like there's, there's motive there. Um, yeah. and it, it plays on like other people's, yeah, it felt very Stephen King, I guess. And yeah. And effectively. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, I, yeah, I would, I probably put this one, I'll put it, I guess I'll put it last and then you could swap one or two or every one. I guess I put season three, number one as well. I don't know. Nice. I, I don't. I don't intend to watch all of them again anytime soon, because um, I don't have that kind of time. But um, <laughs> the the first seven episodes of this are much better than the last two. I'll see. Okay. Way. So I thought. I thought the second to last episode was pretty good. I thought the first half of the last episode was very good, but then obviously they were just filling time after that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but hey, I don't, I don't know. To each their own. To each their strange thing. Um, this is my discussion about Stranger Things. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, this is the Post Rider. You can find things we write on the Post Rider. You can. This has been the Pony Express, which you can uh, f- subscribe to and find anywhere podcasts are found. You can also find our website, thepostrider.com. Um, my name is Mike Levito. You can find me on Twitter at MLevito and on Letterboxd at Ameramike. I'm Lars Emerson. You can 
find me on Letterboxd at Lars Emerson. And thank you so much for listening to Pony Express. I almost said success. This podcast is a success. To make it even more of one, like, subscribe, give it a five-star rating, whatever you have to do, write a review, tell all your friends, donate to the site if you feel so inclined, and uh, thanks again for listening.